This is podcast number 204 for the Well-Educated Mother's Heart. Hi, I'm Marlene Peterson, and today I want to tell you more about the new Well-Educated Heart Academy. Something extraordinary is being created. So let me start with a vision because, as you know, the pattern for learning and creation always starts with a vision and desire. If you catch this vision and desire to be part of it, I'll share some ideas of how you can be involved. Your high schoolers have been on my mind a lot. It may have something to do with the fact that I have grandchildren who are high school age. They long for connections with other kids. I want them to build friendships in wholesome and meaningful ways. Our youth are truly amazing. I would love to bring youth together who are growing up with a well-educated heart lifestyle of learning where they can support and strengthen each other. They are at the age when they are ready for more academic studies. Heart and mind must work together in unison in order for creation to happen. I'm very mindful of that. We want them to understand math and the process of science and develop writing and thinking and reasoning skills. They are of an age where they can benefit greatly from other mentors who provide additional support to you. Their positive example and caring can be highly influential. I would love to see our youth engaging in and learning the art of conversation and dialogue. I want them to continue the joy of exploration and discovery, inspired by gifted mentors who can guide them along that path. I would love to see a high school experience where they can be taken to deeper layers of understanding in the topics they've been introduced to through the rotation schedule. While the humanities and history are being counseled elsewhere, I would love to see a community of learning where they are vibrant and thriving and where God is at the center. I want them to feel the joy of learning driven by choice and love, not by force and compulsion. As the Bellam Center for Artful Living dream unfolds, I know it will require young adults who are prepared and willing to engage in the kind of learning experience that will go on there. It's not just a physical campus that we need. We need to have a unified purpose and vision for what we hope to experience there. And I won't spend the time here again, but if you listen to my podcast number 200, you know the concerns I see with what is happening in our world. Part of what we need to do is gather and do things differently than everyone else. The wokeness, divisions, political correctness, godlessness, moral vacuum, the disconnect of the past and to each other, the canceling of the humanities and history is a prime feeding ground for tyranny. I can see what is happening, not because I'm clairvoyant, but because I am recognizing a pattern from history and I know enough about human nature to be concerned with what I see going on. All of these desires have been working on my heart in search of a vision of a high school experience that would satisfy all these wishes. I had a seed of an idea planted in my heart some years ago when I happened upon a little book called The Discovery of Freedom, written by Rose Wilder Lane, daughter of Laura Ingalls Wilder of Little House on the Prairie fame. She had been a big proponent of communism until she traveled abroad and saw it in action. She came back to America as a huge defender of freedom and wrote this book to show why freedom matters. In her discussion, she talked about a golden age of the Saracens that lasted about 900 years. Their contributions to our world are enormous. They were most certainly creators, not consumers. 
If you listen to the video presentation I added to catch the vision, one of the things we are trying to do in flipping the tower is to become more creator-minded and less consumer-minded. So naturally, you would look to their system of education to see what they were doing. Rose wrote, As Saracen University had no program, no curriculum, no departments, no rules, no examinations. It gave no degrees nor diplomas. It was simply an institution of learning, not of teaching, but of learning. A man, young or old, went to a university to learn what he wanted to know, just as an American goes to a grocery store to get the food he wants. Men who knew or thought they knew something and wanted to teach it opened a school to sell their knowledge. Success depended upon the demand for the knowledge they had. The teachers lectured in open classrooms. Anyone was welcome to listen. An incoming student wandered about listening. When he decided upon the teacher he wanted, they discussed privately whatever he wanted to learn and needed to study and agreed upon fees. Then he joined the class regularly. If he was not satisfied, he could quit at any time and find another teacher. When he had learned what he wanted to know, he left the university to use his knowledge. A thousand years after these Saracens built these universities, far away in time and on a continent that they never knew existed, a revolutionary leader, Thomas Jefferson, who knew little or nothing about the Saracens, realized the dream of his life when he created the University of Virginia. His dream was a new kind of education. Proudly, almost bragging a little, he wrote to a friend in the medieval university system of Harvard, we will allow them, the students, uncontrolled choice in the lectures they shall choose to attend. Our institution will proceed on these principles of letting everyone come and listen to whatever he thinks may improve the condition of his mind. For more than 900 years, the University of Cairo proceeded on precisely that principle. I'll say that again, 900 years. Until the end of the 19th century, Europeans were not able to impose upon that university any tinge of the European belief that minds acquire knowledge not by actively seeking to know, but by passively being taught whatever authority decides that they should know. Let me say that again. Until the end of the 19th century, Europeans were not able to impose upon that university any tinge of the European belief that minds acquire knowledge not by actively seeking to know, but by passively being taught whatever authority decides that they should know. Close quote. With our current technology, the possibility of adapting the spirit of this kind of learning to a new generation absolutely excites me. I've told you, freedom has always drawn the best thinkers, writers, artists, musicians, philosophers, scientists, inventors, like a moth to a flame. I know there are teachers out there with a passion for subjects they love and long to teach, but they are being crushed in our system of compulsion and bureaucratic nightmares and endless testing and standards created by administrators and classrooms full of students who are only there because they have to be. What if we created virtual classrooms where parents contracted with these passionate teachers and paid them directly for their services, cutting out administrative fees and overhead costs. 
What if we could pull students together in small study group sessions where they can interact with each other until there are enough of us that students can meet in person under the tutelage of these virtual teachers where every student has access to the brightest and most qualified teachers of the subjects they, the students, want to learn, free from testing and compulsion, where the joy is in the process of learning itself, not in the completion of a required course, where students aren't expected to meet the teacher's expectations, but rather the teacher raises the student's expectation for himself, and the student raises himself to it. The nature of the system itself will weed out the teachers who don't deliver, and the potential for a gifted teacher's reach is limitless. If the Saracens had had our technology, oh my goodness, what might have happened? This vision of a well-educated heart academy has been working on me for quite some time. This is my vision for the academy, that it move away from the student complying with what the teacher tells him to do, and moves towards a place where students, experiencing the joy of freedom in their learning, perhaps for the first time, can find the mentors who will guide them in what they want to learn, not what the state tells them that they must. It is a house of learning, not a house of teaching. This academy will be rich in all the studies that are being stripped everywhere else, history and literature and poetry and music. Writing will be an outward expression of the heart. Math, not taught as functions to be tested, but rather as a means of learning to think and reason and to see the beautiful language in which God has created the world. In fact, God will be woven into everything. He isn't going to be hidden at all. Science will not be taught as textbook science, but as the field of wonder and awe it is meant to be. Over time, I see the mentors of this academy absorbing the ways of the heart educators and deepening the layers being unfolded through the rotation. It will not be driven by force and compulsion and fear, but by desire and vision and love. Recently, something happened unexpectedly, as I am beginning to recognize as a divine fingerprint that makes this vision and dream move into the phase of creation. I was introduced to Dr. Pablo Riboldi. As I spoke with him, I instantly recognized in him every qualification of someone who could help this academy become real. His doctorate is in instructional science, and he has worked for 25 years in the field of instructional development in online education. He's recently been the director of American Heritage's Worldwide Learning Experience and has been a popular teacher at that school. But his greater qualifications to me was I instantly felt his deep passion and love for learning. He has a gift of making complex ideas understandable. He loves young people and he loves God. His positivity is contagious. He lit up when he started talking about Euclid. He almost persuaded me to become a mathematician. And I thought, this is exactly the kind of mentor I'm looking for. He immediately started going through our Catch the Vision course. I didn't have to talk him into anything. He already has the vision of this wonderful learning environment and freely offered to help us grow this community of learning. He is prepared to teach our first three classes, math based on Euclid's geometry. Believe me, this is not your traditional math class. You don't need more than basics of math to take this class. It's more about learning to think and reason. 
This class is being offered to 9th to 12th graders, but he is also inviting parents to join in. He's taught it to homeschool moms, and they have reported the experience as being absolutely transformational. He's also prepared to teach physics and biology in an engaging way that draws upon the classics and the lives of those who discovered their secrets. He has created introductory videos you can watch, but in the spirit of the Saracen way, he invites students to come and sit in on the first couple of classes and try it on for size for themselves before making a commitment. These classes are just the beginning. I already have had several teachers contact me who have told me how much they love to teach Shakespeare, art history, literature, and writing. It is like the moth to the flame of freedom. I can see us offering classes that may last one month or may stretch out over many months. Our first three classes are year-long courses. I foresee that the teacher will set the fee. Dr. Riboldi has set his fee at $75 a month, which is very reasonable. I know how much my daughters are paying for music lessons and karate lessons and sports and dance classes. The recital dresses alone cost several months' tuition. To receive an hour of instruction each week and small breakout study group sessions, as well as one-on-one -on -one mentoring, gives this a lot of value for your dollar. But what you are really getting from Dr. Ribaldi is priceless. If you want your child to experience an instructor who cares about him, what is that worth to you? So I said I was going to give you ideas on how you can be in on the creation process of this Well-Educated Heart Academy. One, you can enroll your high school students in one of his classes. I know this is late notice and many of you have other things going, but for those of you who still have that option, please seriously check this out so that we have the means to grow. Many of the charter schools will pay for it. Two, some families, no matter how they try and stretch the budget, simply cannot come up with the money for these classes. If you have been blessed with an abundance, would you be willing to help endow a scholarship fund to supplement these families who are struggling financially so that more students can participate? Three, do you have a passion for something that you would like to mentor a group of students? Or do you know someone who does? Will you have them reach out to me? Four, if your children aren't old enough for these particular classes, will you consider enrolling in one of them? I suggest the math one. What this will do is allow you to experience a different way of learning. It will set a valuable example for your children of watching the value you place on learning, especially hard things. It will prepare you to be a better mentor and guide to your own children. And it will help Dr. Rivaldi get to know our community better as he is key in helping us to grow this community of learning. Dr. Rivaldi has caught the vision. He is ready to serve us. I have to admit, I was a bit discouraged when only 17 people had signed up for his classes last Friday. When I talked to him, I fully expected that he would say, Marlene, this just isn't going to work out for me right now, that he was going to have to find another job and that maybe down the road we could revisit the idea again. But that wasn't his reaction at all. He told me ways he and his wife had discussed so that they could make this work. He wasn't discouraged at all. He simply said, Marlene, let's pray for the miracle. 
that is a strategy I am most familiar with. So here we are. We have an opportunity to create and build something extraordinary that can bless many lives, including our own. We have someone who I truly believe has been heaven sent to help us. What part will you play in this creation process? I've pinned information for registration and there are introductory videos in our Facebook group. If you can't find them, please message me or write me at librariesofhope at gmail.com and I will connect you with Dr. Pablo. He's willing to meet with you individually and answer any of your questions. This spirit of inward out, of multiplying our efforts and reaching outward, of being creators rather than consumers, is all in the spirit of the work of Mothers of Influence. If ever there was a community of women gathered who could create an academy like this, it is you. You are amazing and it is a privilege serving with you. God has been so kind and showered us with so many blessings and placed so many resources in our hands. I know a lot of people hate the book, The Giving Tree, but when I read it, I always see God as the giving tree. He gives and gives and gives because he loves us. The joy is inherent in his giving. I would like to rewrite the ending, though. Here's how my version would go. There once was a tree, a giving tree. The tree gave and gave and gave because the tree loved the little boy. The little boy held each gift in his hand with gratitude and asked himself, how can I use this gift to bless someone else? And the tree never ran out of gifts to place in the little boy's hands. And the tree and the little boy and the whole world lived happily ever after. The end. Bye-bye. See you next time.